What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Name of DGAF. Well we're gonna talk about some real fucking shit. Shit your mommy didn't tell you. Shit your daddy didn't tell you. This shit hit so hard, this beat hit so fucking hard, almost gonna pop my fucking speakers. Let's lower this shit a little bit. Alright. Had an epiphany yesterday. I just want to talk to you guys real quick. You got to take inventory. You got to you got to reflect on yourself. You don't need to read no book. You don't need to listen to podcasts. I think you need to find people that have books and podcasts and that preach the unconditioning of yourself. We need to become more instinctual, more connected to our gut, more raw, right? Things that we just knew intuitively growing up as kids. You know, the instinct to stand up, the instinct to try to talk, the instinct to just put food in our mouth, right? The instinct to just hump shit. Those things weren't told that we had to do it. Those are just instinctive things that are ingrained in our DNA. And when you connect more with that and forget how we've been taught, forget the right way. You know, we know ethics. We know internal clock of what's right and wrong. We have empathy. We have sympathy for people. We got love for people. No one needs to teach us that. We had it since we were little kids. Okay? We're caregivers. We're providers. We're hunters. We're savages. We're all those things. And I think the problem is that we get everything trained. I know in baseball, for me, you know, I had to forget a lot of the things that coaches would teach me I had a once I got older I was like yo man what did I do when I was a ruthless little kid just trying to throw the ball as hard as possible and freak people out and I had to connect to that that primal instinct you know I had to I had to reconnect with that and I had to forget all the throwing cues I had to forget all the I gotta's the to-do lists you know we go through schooling systems and then what do they do they say, well, you got to go to first grade, you got to go to second grade, you got to learn the ABCs, you got to learn the one, two, threes, you got to learn multiplication table before you could do anything else. There's steps to this shit. So no wonder no one thinks, no one ever gets to mastery, no one ever tries anything because they don't think they're ready. No one takes risk. And I don't really think it's because we're pussies, we're all pussies and we're not risk takers. It's just we've been trained and conditioned that there's a step-by-step process. And you can't put the cart before the horse and all these fucking sayings, you know? Sometimes it's good to put the cart before the fucking horse, you know? Because then you get, sometimes you get trampled over. And you need to get trampled over sometimes if you want to fucking be great. You gotta do. How else are you gonna know your boundaries if you never put the cart before the horse? Anyways, real quick. Because I'm in fucking traffic right now. Let me restart this beat. This shit is hard, ain't it? Oof, let me restart it. All right. I was thinking to myself about my playing days. This is more specific to baseball, but not really. When I was a little boy, I was ruthless, man. And I would throw everything as hard as I could. Football, baseball. If I played tetherball, I tried to hit that shit overhand as hard as I could. It just tripped. I didn't care about winning. I just wanted to fucking put that. I just wanted to freak the other person out that I could serve the ball that hard. You know, that's the only thing I cared about. 
Because when I was a little kid, I had I had older cousins that were really good at football and baseball. So I would always try to trip them out and try to hang with them, right? And I think it developed something in me from early on. I was really good at and mimicking and imitating and doing it better. And I've o- I was always really good at hitting the ball, fielding the ball, throwing the ball. Uh, if I was in football, throwing passes, catching passes, running routes, hitting, um, you know, like tackling shit. Like I was really good at those things, right? And then I remember when I was a little kid, when I was like nine or ten, my dad, I was in a park league. Then my dad switched me over to the quote-unquote rich, more advanced league, right? Um, Where it was pony baseball, which was a more advanced level of baseball. So he switched me over there. And I remember my tryout, I didn't really, you know, know anybody or anything. So I just fucking went out there and fucking field the ball like I normally do. Chuck it as hard as I could. Tripped everybody out. You know, everybody wanted me on their team. And I get picked up on this team. And all of a sudden, I don't get an opportunity to pitch, you know. I get thrown out in the outfield. And we all know if you ever played Little League, you know, you got any kids in Little League, you know that if you're in the Little, if you're in the outfield, you suck, man. So I wasn't used to this because what are you talking about? I got the best arm on the team. I, I, I throw harder than anybody in the entire league. I could hit the ball farther than, you know, most of the guys in the league too, you know. Why am I in the outfield? And then what I started happening was other kids on the team started claiming that they were the best pitcher. And then I would be, step up like, well, you're full of it. You know, you're full of shit. I, would, I remember in school, elementary school, there's, uh, you know, Kevin Pilar's little brother. I still remember his name is Michael Pilar. He would be like, I'm the best pitcher on the team or whatever. Or Hunter's the best pitcher on the team. I'm like, you guys are fucking dumb. I am. And they're like, no, you're not. You don't even pitch. How could you be the best pitcher on the team? And I would get so mad. And I would fucking tell him, no, I'm the fucking best pitcher on the team. None of you are as good as me. And and what happened was every time I'd show up to practice, you know, there I just didn't feel like I belonged ever. And and I felt and I and I started making errors in the outfield. When I go up to bat, I really didn't do well. And then I was struggling and, and my bread and butter was pitching since I was a little kid. And then my dad, you know, he didn't pull me out of the league. But he signed me up simultaneously with the neighboring league that I came from. Where everybody thought I was top dog, right? So I went over there and I played both leagues simultaneously. And when I was playing that other league, I would literally strike out, you know, two or three times and bat ninth, which is last. Play the outfield in the other league. Then I'd go to the, I'd go to my park league again where the, the distance from the mound's further. The, the, the fence is further. I hit 10 home runs that year. I was the best defensive player at first base. And I was the number one pitcher in the entire league. Made the all-star team. All at the exact same time. But when I psychoanalyzed the situation, I realized that I was never a competitor at a little at a, at a young age. A lot of a lot of bad shit had to happen to me in order for me to turn the fight on. I want I was so used to just walking into a scenario and people praising me for my ability to throw, hit, field, be a show off. I was like a little artist. I never earned or fought for anything. I was never interested in who was up to bat or what team we were playing or what the stats were. All I wanted to do was throw the ball as hard as I could. All I wanted to do is hit the ball as far as I could. All I wanted to do was all those things that would bring me 
praise from people. So when I got sent to that other league, I'd walk in and I didn't have to fight for my attention. I didn't have to earn my attention. It was just automatic. It's like the same feeling I had at home. No, I didn't have to earn it. I'm an only child, okay? I didn't have to go to my grandparents' house to my older cousins and earn, you know, make them believe that I threw the ball hard. They, they told me. No one ever told me you're not the best here. So when I got thrown in that situation, I shrunk, you know? And then I would go go on the other thing and I'd shine. And it didn't really make any fucking sense. And then I still remember that, the, uh, you know, the next, uh, I think, two years later, I, I made the All-Stars in that, in that new league. But it was because I had a coach that had saw me before in tryouts throw the ball as hard as I could. And he was the only one that no matter what, he thought I, my shit didn't stink. And he praised me and he believed in me. And since he did that, I was an all-star. But anytime I got on a team where the coach was trying to play their play their their son or or played the whole political card and all that stuff, I didn't do too well. But I would talk a lot of shit, but I didn't back it up. I didn't step up because I secretly my feelings were hurt. And I didn't really know how to handle it. And I even remember one time I was playing I was the best third baseman on the team and then in practice, I made an air once, and I had never been made fun of on that team. And then I, you know, I I was too scared because I thought the ball was gonna hit my nuts. And then the guys started making fun of me, and they gave me the nickname Fairy. Okay, and I was bigger than them at the time, so I would talk shit to them and threaten to beat them up and stuff like that. They're my buddies, so like it didn't really affect me too bad. But it, I felt at home. It felt more like a, a you know light teasing, but it did affect me. And then I'm looking at him like the trajectory of my life, my career with the yips. If you follow me, you know what the yips are is, is the, you know, something that you, that you're so skilled at, you know, what, it doesn't matter what it is. You're just things that you should be doing automatically without any interruption. All of a sudden you, in, in certain situations, you can't do them effectively because you're constantly thinking or worrying about, you know, worst case scenarios or how to do it and the, the whatever. So, fast forward, I go into high school, right? I haven't really played football, you know? I, I'm just really good at throwing passes, you know, running routes, catching balls, and, and throwing passes because that's what I would do when it was in baseball season. And then I, I, I made the team. I went and tried out. We were playing seven on seven. I had tendonitis in my arm, so I couldn't try out for quarterback. And I ran routes. And everybody was like, God damn, Casillas is fucking good. And I wasn't that fast at the time. Uh, it was like puberty stage. But I had some good hands. So they put me at tight end. I don't know why. I was only 160 pounds or some shit like that. Put me at tight end. And, you know, it was my job to lose. Everybody, no one. I just walked into a fresh situation. No one told me I sucked. Everybody praised me. And I still remember like it was yesterday. I went off sides a couple times in one day. I just, you know, it wasn't my day that day. And then my coach started digging into me then I started forgetting plays then the coach digging into me even more next thing you know this other kid that fucking couldn't hold my dick is starting ahead of me and then I never made it back in the starting lineup and all I was was constantly thinking constantly worrying about showing up to practice and and I and and now thinking back and reflecting it felt like I didn't belong it felt like I wasn't good enough like the coach like didn't like me or something or the players didn't like me because I, I fucked up and I wasn't used to fucking up, you know, because 
no one ever put that pressure on me before in life, you know? And I remember when I would practice baseball with my dad. Sometimes I'd fucking kill it, but sometimes, you, you know, you look at you don't want to practice. So I was kind of half-assed. I wasn't getting good results, and then my dad would yell at me. Then at first, I would get sad. I'd get small. I'd get mad. I'd get angry, but it would be a sad angry. There's a difference, okay? When you're a sad angry, no pun intended if you follow me, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, the, the, the sad angry, it debilitates you. You get stress hormones. You, you can't move. But then when something would happen, he would keep going. He'd get more angry, more angry. And to the point where I would cry. And when I would cry, I'd get so fucking pissed. And it would flip. All of a sudden, I started hitting the ball harder, farther. I started throwing the ball harder. started making every fucking play. And I was screaming out, fuck you, simultaneously to my dad. Imagine a little fucking eight-year-old driving by and you see a little eight-year-old screaming at their dad. Telling them, fuck you, I hate you. But making all these plays. And then he would push me to that limit, but it would take a long ass time and it followed me everywhere. I would have to almost be getting released. I would have to completely lose all status. People would have to completely, you know, lose hope in me in order for me to fucking get pissed off and do something about it. But every time I would bring the equilibrium back to status quo, back to comfort level, where people were like, you have so much potential, you're so nasty, da, da, da. I would take my foot off the gas. Because all I wanted to do was feel praise. All I wanted to do was feel accepted. All I wanted to do was feel worthy. You know, and be the little star on the team. So you gotta understand yourself, man. You gotta see where where you fit in that equation. So then I started, I never competed in my life. I used to box against my five-year-old, uh, my, my cousin who was five years older than me. And we would box, and like I knew all these moves, and I was trying to remember these moves, and he would be wailing on me. And until he popped me and it hurt, that's when I would beat the shit out of him, and he would run away from me because I would hold my breath and I'd fucking shake. But it took, because I was a nice kid, you know, I was just a fucking nice little pussy kid that was talented, and, and my talent was very fragile. You know, no one ever told me I couldn't do anything. Everybody said you could do anything you want. So then when somebody said, yo, man, you suck. Yo, man, you ain't playing here. My fight didn't get turned on. There's a lot of times when I was a little kid that I got picked on. And I would daydream about beating the shit out of people. And I never did it. You know, because I was so nice. My mom always taught me to be nice, you know. But I was equipped to beat the shit out of them because my dad taught me how to fight. But I always held it in. Right? Unless it got real bad. I would just hold it in, hold it in. And that sad angry. That sad angry is debilitating. You need to tap into that that power. That competitive anger. That I'm going to show you. That chip on the shoulder. That fuck you, motherfucker. You don't do that shit to me. You get popped in the fucking face. Not because I'm a bad person. Just because you deserve to get popped in the face. Simple. And when I tapped into that, whole game changed. All of a sudden, I saw my threats. I saw my my competition in front of me. The people that were trying to take my lunch. I woke up to that. The game changes because when I, I, it would be on the team. And I would be competing against guys on my team for attention. I would never be competing against the opposition. Because my shit, my values and my perspective were fucked. Okay? How are you going to notice 
How are you going to notice fucking people if your head's so far up your ass? How are you going to notice the batter or how are you going to notice the other team? If you're so worried about stealing the show, stealing the shine from your from your neighbor. So as soon as I did that and I woke up to that and I fucking looked around and I got dissatisfied with everything before anything bad happened. I looked around, I got dissatisfied. That I was such a, being such a pussy, so soft for so long. I looked around that I that I needed to remind myself of what I was capable of constantly instead of just doing it. I own this. I've been doing it my whole life. I looked around. I got disturbed. Got disgusted. And I put my fucking foot down. I said, "This ain't gonna happen no more. Fuck this shit. I don't give a fuck if no one likes me. I'm gonna fuck these fools up." And I'm gonna. I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't worried about stealing anybody's shine. This was a personal issue between me and myself. And the moment I dominated against myself, the moment that I took ownership of myself, and I stopped being sad, angry. The game changed. I noticed the opposition. I noticed the other team. I noticed the, everyone trying to take my lunch. I understood logically where I stood in life. I understood that life didn't give a fuck. That my mommy and daddy said I could do anything I wanted to. And if no one else agrees or gives me fucking turmoil or gives me pushback, that that alone should fuel fuel it even further. Don't wait till shit gets so bad that you have no choice but to act, take action on it. Fuck, get angry, get disturbed now so that never fucking happens. Own the shit, own your space. Anyways, that's my rant for today. I don't know... That went a lot longer than I wanted it to. But, people, in the name of DGAS, stay angry. Stay positive. Use the negative, use the positive. Be fully charged. Don't be half-assed. Don't be only positive. Don't be only negative. You'll get eaten alive. If you're too negative, you'll get debilitated. If you're too positive, you'll get worked. You need to be an equal balance. All the negativity in your life that comes in your life, every setback should be the thing that creates a self-fulfilling prophecy of cranking up the electrical charge of more positivity. Something bad happens, you use that shit as fuel. Now I know better to do this and that. I'm going to fucking use that to my advantage. I get setback. I get hurt. It don't matter. Keep it going. Someone dies. I'm going to fucking carry on their fucking name. Something bad happens to me. I lose a fucking limb. I'm going to be the fucking spokesperson. I'm going to be the number one resource that people come to for inspiration when shit hits the fucking fan. Bring on the negativity because I'm going to crank that shit in my little generator and pump out ten times more positivity. That's what you do. That's simple. Anyways, don't be a little show-off bitch. Don't expect people to just think you're okay and think you're nice. Fuck them. Fuck them. Has nothing to do with them. Has something to do with you. You need to fucking destroy that pussy side of your brain. And you need to embrace all that you are, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Simple. You've heard it before. You don't need a fucking step-by-step process. You just need to fucking do it. You need to forget the script. Forget the to-do list. Fucking just be raw, bro. Ditch everything. Ditch the goddess. Ditch the fucking remembering. Let's go. In the name of DGAF. Amen.